armchair. There's something, I'll say there's something kind of about a kid that's never played baseball. <laughs> we have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, and flat out deceived. Why did you get so drunk? You got drunk. <laughs> I'm just really exhausted. What's in that cup? I'm a coax. Do you have any idea how important you this is? Have trying to save the idea? pump pump. Really, this is you what you're doing? This is what you're doing? Chief, what do you want to do tonight? The same thing we do every night. Try to take over the world. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Armchair. YouTube Live. Radio Station. The radio station you can call your own. You're listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. We're here live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern, WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, and simulcasting on YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Your first choice for Southern sports. Good afternoon. I don't know much, but I know one thing. If you were like the guy that had the Dallas Godair, Jamar Chase, Dalton Schultz, Travis Kelsey, parlay first touchdown. I'm this chair. Weekend, you Community access back. channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. Yeah, howdy, hi, and how the hell are you? Welcome to Braves Country here on 99.1 FM, The Key, and wherever you stream out on Braves Country HD, part of Armchair Quarterback Radio. We've had ourselves a weekend. Jacksonville almost pulled off a shocker, and I'll be honest with you. I know Chiefs fans are telling me otherwise. Patrick Mahomes is not going to be good to go this Sunday. Now, he might try to gut it out, but if he's anything like he was on Saturday against Jacksonville, and they're they're saying it's a high ankle sprain. Those do not heal quickly. He was hobbling. He was, I'll say, 50% of what he normally is, which was good enough to beat Jacksonville because when it all happened, they had a lead. And Jacksonville's still new to the game. So there's a lot of growing pains there. So they find a way to gut it out. But if he's not ready to roll, they're going to have to seriously consider putting Mahomes on the bench and get Chad Henney ready. And that's not something that Chiefs fans want to hear. But I really don't believe that you're going to get the Chiefs past this round with a hobbled quarterback going toe-to-toe with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow showed on Sunday that team is on a mission. They went in and pounded Buffalo. Buffalo had all the mojo going with them. They were at home. We all know that game probably should have been played in Cincinnati, but we won't beat that horse. They went into Buffalo, and it's not like they got some kind of help from the football gods. It was a snow game, so everything was lined up for Buffalo to win, and they went in and dominated. From the from the first whistle to the final gun, Cincinnati looked like the best team in the National Football League this weekend. Now, we got a couple of other good games 
out there this over over the weekend. The Jacksonville Kansas City game was a good game. Yes, last night's uh, Dallas San Francisco game. You can't beat that. That was that was everything you wanted it to be. A hard hitting defensive battle. Great job by the Cowboys. Great season by the Cowboys. I know a lot of Cowboy haters out there are poking fun at them, but when it's all said and done, Dallas looks like they're one of the top four or five teams in the league, and they just couldn't get it done in San Francisco. Now we get a showdown of the Eagles going head-to-head with the Niners, who've looked like the two best teams in the NFC all year long. And what will be interesting to see Brock Purdy has looked good here in these playoffs, but can he do it on the road? Can he go into the link on Sunday afternoon and beat Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles? And that is the big question. That's why when you look at the lines today, it's already creeped up depending on what book you're looking at. But I saw two and a half San Francisco, a two and a half point underdog right before the show, Cincinnati plus one right before the show. I definitely think Cincinnati line is in reverse. At worst, that should be a pick if not Cincinnati favored. I talked about it last week, how I thought that line was backwards and that they shouldn't have been a six-point favorite or six-point underdog, excuse me, going into Buffalo. What happened? They proved it on the field. Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals are 3-0. and against healthy Mahomes and the Chiefs. And unless they find some magical way to get him to heal, meaning Mahomes in the next over an eight-day period, I just don't see how they're going to beat Cincinnati. Cincinnati has looked like the best team in the AFC since about early October. You got to realize their quarterback had an appendectomy right before Joe Burrow had an appendectomy right before camp opened and he was still shaking off rust they lost what their first two games three or three of their first five so with all that being said they started hitting their stride about midway through the season and cincinnati has not looked back and i do believe the three best teams in the national football league right now are in the final four it's cincinnati it's philadelphia and it's san francisco and I'm waiting to see where the line swings with San Francisco. If it gets all the way up to three, I've got to take the Niners because I think it's going to be that good of a game. Would love to have three three in the pocket. I saw the two and a half today and I had a curiosity when there to see what it would be to buy the point, and it was ridiculous. It went from minus 110 to a minus 160. So that's not what you want. So I'm going to sit back and wait and see what happens. I went ahead and jumped on the Cincinnati. Now look. There's a good chance that that line's going to jump up when you start getting questionable tags on Mahomes and whether or not he's going to practice, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to see that line go in Cincinnati's direction, so that's why I jumped on it. He might very well play, and maybe he is Superman. Maybe he's able to play somewhat healthy, but I'll take my chances with Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, who, by the way, 3-0. and against Mahomes and the Chiefs. And two of those games have been in Kansas City, and one of those games was the AFC Championship game last year, and we saw what they did to them in the second half, a game that I still say Andy Reid lost that game by getting greedy at the end of the first half. 
Okay, what else do we have going on today? We 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 got you on the early lines. By the way, those games on Sunday, three o'clock kickoff, San Fran and Philly, six thirty is the AFC showdown, and of course, those can be seen on Fox and CBS. We got the ba- baseball Hall of Fame votes coming up tomorrow. They're, those are going to be announced at six o'clock. We're going to get into that quite a bit today, and, and we'll touch on it again tomorrow. Our thoughts as far as who we think is deserving. And who may be getting in that we don't think is deserving. And we also have some news on the Atlanta Braves that, that we want to get into here in a second. Sergeant Timus Wooten is going to join us here in a moment. And we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about the American League West and what their prospects look like going into this year we're gonna start doing this every Monday. pick pick one division and and kind of talk about what they're being projected on the win total and whether we are buying it or selling it because right now you're essentially at the end of the free agency signings there'll still be some moves don't get me wrong but the bulk of it of the star power has been signed what teams will be doing now is looking for some bullpen help sending out minor league and major league invites to spring training. And you'll start seeing all those things unfold. And when you look at what they've got going on in the American league West, I think it's, it's pretty interesting. We're also going to get into the world baseball classic today. We're going to talk about the NFL playoffs. Tampa tones joins us in the second hour and team USA in the world baseball classic. There are some big time names and it's good to see. There's been, a, there's been a, a few of these where you're a little disappointed on the star power. Now, I never expect the star power to be high on the pitching because teams just don't want to send their pitchers out there. And I get that. So that's why it's always going to be difficult for the United States to win the World Baseball Classic because the other countries, they send their best of the best because they really want to win this to prove that they are the best baseball in the world. Everybody knows Major League Baseball is the best baseball in the world, but the but the other countries want to prove that, that they have an argument too. So that's why you're going to get guys like Shohei Otani playing for their home country. And you may not. I remember in years past how, how many times I was just floored by what little participation we had from, from the United States teams. Now you're starting to see more and more. And this year, I think it starts to, cause I think a lot of guys want to play with Mike Trout. He's going to play for the first time. He wasn't able to, to play four years ago. And he talked about that last week and basically said that when it happened, he kind of regretted not playing and he's been eyeing 2023 ever since. So we look forward to him playing, and we're going to get into that star-studded cast. All right, let's go ahead and take that quick break. Timus is going to jump on with us as we are getting rolling here on a busy Monday here on Braves Country. Keep it locked in here on WQEE 99.1 FM and Braves Country HD wherever you stream. Is that your thing? You come into a bar, you read some obscure passage, and then pretend you, you pawn it off as your own idea just to impress some girls? Where's my friend? See, the sad thing about a guy like you is in 50 years, you're going to start doing some thinking on your own, and you're going to come up with the fact that there are two certainties in life. One, don't do that. 
And two, you dropped 150 grand on an education you could have got for a dollar fifty in late charges at the public library. Hey, Braves fans, the Armchair Quarterbacks YouTube channel are bringing you Braves baseball all season long. Hi, I'm Mac McGee, and I'll be bringing you Braves baseball play-by-play for the Braves fans out there. Pulling no punches, calling it how I see it for all of Braves country. So pull up an armchair and join us for Braves country baseball, first pitch to last pitch, all season long, right here on the Armchair Quarterbacks YouTube channel. We live in a world now that welcomes and nurtures the screwball in all of us. Hey, it's a new decade, people. Time to get a little nutty. Treat yourself to Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey, a smooth flavor that combines two of America's favorites, peanut butter and American whiskey. So no more social awkwardness. Time to embrace who you truly are. Get out there and make friends. And be sure it starts with Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey. It's available nearly everywhere. Learn more at screwballwhiskey.com. Infinium Spirits. Please enjoy responsibly. Dixie Handle Company, five generations of the Strickland family, have produced quality hardwood farming garden tools, wooden shutters, and custom furniture. This small business has been owned and operated since 1992 and ships to customers across the world. If you're looking for the highest quality tool handles, Dixie Handle Company is your place. Every item is handpicked to your specifications. If it's made of wood, they do it. Call now, 931-722-3395. That's 931-722-3395. Or go online to DixieHandle.com. The Dixie Handle Company, welcome to Craftsmanship, a proud sponsor of Braves Country Baseball. Welcome back to Braves Country. Mac McGee the Armchair Quarterbacks, Weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m., drive time on WQEE. Welcome back here as we are on a busy Monday welcoming in Mr. Sergeant Timus Wooten. Timus, how the hell are you, my man? I'm doing great, man. It's great to be on again. Ready to talk some baseball. Got a quick clip here for Braves fans. I think they'll enjoy this one. This was at Braves Fest this weekend, and Spencer Strider, otherwise known as the Quad Father, or what are a million different nicknames. So they were having tryouts for the Braves PA announcer. And people are sending in tapes, but they're also doing live tryouts. And Spencer Strider decided to grab the mic, and here is his clip. Leading off playing right field, number 13, Ronald Acuna Jr. Batting second, playing center field, number 23, Michael Harris II. Batting third, playing second base, number one, Ozzie Albee. Fourth, playing third base, number 27, Austin Riley. So it went on much longer, but I had to edit it up or, or be here all day. But I actually thought he did pretty good. He... You know, I mean, you know, he's getting into it, little little emotion. That's you know, you you know, you go to some baseball games. I'm gonna be honest with you; they might as well just put the peanuts are out to pasture because they're just out there just reading it like like uh, most folks read a, a a telephone book. So, anyways, I I thought it was pretty entertaining. Yeah, did a good job. I mean, I, I know he's no professional like you, but you know, you know, he tries. He tries. Well, you know, you've got to put the work in. Like I did. So, yeah. 
at least he probably has good connections. So yeah, that's all <laughs> both on the internet and on all with the Braves. I'd say if he wanted to do the job on his day off, he'd, he'd probably be pretty good. Um, winter weekend in Boston and anything new happen with the, with the Boston Red Sox this weekend, Timus? Well, they had the Boston massacre is what happened at the weekend meetings. It was, I don't guys, if you haven't seen this, go on Twitter, look it up. The it's brutal. John Henry, Sam, Hi and Bloom, all these guys, they just, the fans showed up and just booed and booed and booed. Hi and Bloom is selling this. Oh, we're going to be awesome. Nobody's buying it. Finally, some guy just yelled out, Dave Gombrowski, and the whole crowd just starts laughing and cheering and everything. Hi and Bloom is trying to convince us that we're much better team than we were three years ago, which was 2019. Guys, we're not buying it anymore. It's if we're rebuilding, just say we're rebuilding. They yeah, if, you, if you could take a, a quick look at the, uh, at the message I sent you in the chat. Um, I don't know what they really expect from the, from the fan base, I can't believe that they would even show Dave Dombrowski to be perfectly honest with you, because I mean, he can't be the favorite or I'm sorry, not Dombrowski, the guy that's running it now. Um, I can't believe that they would even think about having him out there because he's not going to get a warm reception. Boston has been basically a fire shot comparing to what they did before. I'll say the last two years. The last two years, when you look at even three years, arguably, but when you look what what Boston did from about tw up until about 2019, and how the Red Sox were always, always spending money in the off season, always getting their fan base excited, at least one big piece. I can't, I can't argue with them. For one, and it's not, I guarantee you, it's not management's fault. I guarantee it's ownership's fault. Guarantee oh. you. No general manager goes, no, man, I don't, I don't want to spend money. <laughs> yeah. But if you are the GM, you can't try to fool a fan, an entire fan base. Not, I mean, you might pull, pull it off in Cincinnati or something. But not in Boston, not in St. Louis, not in New York, you know, not in L.A. These fans follow baseball the whole year round, not just the season. And you're going to go out there. Oh, we're going to be awesome. You're you're lying to us. And, you know, every fan base, every team has to rebuild at some point, even the Yankees, whether that's what they call it or not. But just. Call a spade a spade. We're rebuilding. We're going to suck in 2023. Give us some time. We're rebuilding things. I think Red Sox Nation would take to that a little better. We don't like it. No team wants to hear that we're punting this next season. But give us a light at the end of the tunnel, a legitimate light. Don't lie to us. And it just boiled over all over them. It, it's brutal. It's brutal to watch. 
And it's also doesn't help when you're, you're when your arch rival, the Yankees, I'm not going to say they went on a spending spree, but they spent it accordingly considering their market and their needs. They, and they bet. They re-signed the yeah. MVP, which was key. Yeah. If they didn't do anything else in the offseason. The Yankees needed to re-sign Judge, right? right. And, then, and, then, and then they bring in Carlos Rodon amongst, amongst other pieces, but those are two big ticket items. Right. Now, did signing Judge make them better? No. But it kept their fan base interested, you know, because they already had Judge. So it, they didn't get better, but still... Rendon, all the, they did something. We've done nothing. I mean, some of these moves that the Boston's made recently, I actually kind of like, but it's, it's nothing that's going to floor the fan base. I like the sign by David, by, uh, excuse me, I keep wanting to call him David, Adam Duvall. I think he's a very good piece. You're going to like him. I'm trust me. You're going to like him. He plays center field. If need be, he can play either corner outfield. And in a pinch, he came up as an infielder. He was a third baseman for the Reds years ago Then and can play first base and obviously designated here. He's going to be able to pepper that that uh, green monster. So, yeah, they said he can get pull happy, but at Fenway, that's wonderful because, you know, the monster helps people that pull the ball a lot. But let me ask you this. I can tell you this from the fan base's standpoint down here in Atlanta. Everybody wanted him back. Now, I I knew he wasn't coming back. You could read the tea leaves. But everybody would have loved to have had him back. Yeah, I like him as a player. I think I think he's a good fit at Fenway. I do. Great in the clubhouse, too. That's yeah. another key thing. And, but in your opinion... What place is Boston next year, this coming season? Before the the few, uh, I don't even want to call them minor moves, but I'll, I'll I'll say off the radar moves that they made. I would have said dead last. I'm always going to question Toronto's ability every year coming in because they don't have the pitching that they think they do. Toronto has some big name guys that are making a lot of money that aren't necessarily go-to guys. I think the biggest question for me for Boston is this. They're not going to win the division. No. There, It would take a cataclysmic, just absolute collapse of the Yankees for them to do that. And then, and then Tampa Bay would have to be like un-Tampa Bay-like and actually play to what they are on paper. But whatever Tampa is on paper, you can add 20 wins to it. At least. Kevin Cash and company just do a phenomenal job. I'll say this. I think the key to their season is honestly going to be, what do you get out of Chris Sale? Yeah, that's going to be a catalyst for sure. I mean, he's come out. He just did a 20-minute interview yesterday. Said they've put Humpty Dumpty back together. That was his thing. Yeah. <laughs> He said, you know, he he said, I'm 34. My arm is 30 because I haven't pitched for four years. You know, he's like, I owe the fans of Boston. Is he really 34? Yeah, that's what he said. Wow. And he said, that's... look, you know, I owe this team. I owe this fan base a lot more than I've been giving them. They were giving me a lot of money, and I just 
haven't pitched. He's like, this is the year I'm going out. I feel good. You know, I'm on the right schedule. I'm on the same schedule I was on before I got hurt. So all of this. That's all yeah. good and well, but yep. he, I mean, he's 33. He'll be 34 by opening day, March 30th. Yeah. That's all well and good, but is he going to be a Justin Verlander who can just keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it? I, I don't see that because he just gets hurt all the time. I'll say this for him. Um, I don't see him having a long career because of his herky jerk. I never thought he would. His herky jerky motion was just bound to happen. Now, what could happen with Sale if he's dedicated and wants to stay in the game? That's a big if. I could see him towards the end of his career being really nasty coming out of the bullpen for some. Right. Yeah. Right. Which, you know, he has some experience with that during oh, uh, 2018. They used right. him out of the bullpen and everything. And he wasn't a hundred percent then, but he went in and just, I mean, lights out. And so, yeah, that's great. But we need starters. We, we need an ACE. We need two or three. And we're going to play the Yankees, the Rays and the Blue Jays 19 times a season. And you know what? Nobody wants to play Baltimore anymore. They're not, you don't roll over Baltimore anymore. So I pick that. I don't think we have a shot of being even in fourth place this season. I just, I think Baltimore's better than us if they play like they did last season, which is no guarantee. I'll admit that. But I don't want to be fighting Baltimore for last, for second to last place. I mean, we're the Boston Red Sox. Do something. Well, there's nothing they can do at this point. Free agency is essentially over. Now the only people that are out there on, on the market are guys like the Adam Duvall's. Guys guys that you're trying to sign and hope hope to catch lightning in a bottle. Your only other option is to gut your farm system to bring guys in. And they really Boston's farm system's better than it has been, but you don't really have anything that you could realistically bring in to, look, you you I mean, you are who you are at this point. Yeah. Um Switching gears a little bit to to the uh, to the Braves, they got pretty good news. Mike Soroka says that he is a full go for spring training, so there's going to be no restrictions, no easing him in, and that's big news. That's the first time that's happened since 2020. So everybody's familiar with the fact that he you know, tours Achilles very early on in the Twice. 2020 shortened season. And then he just hasn't been able to get healthy. He's had setbacks galore in 21 and in 22, but now they're saying he's ready to go. So he's another guy that is looking to bounce back in, in a big way. And the way I see their, the, the Braves rotation sitting right now, obviously barring injuries, it's Max Fried, Strider, Kyle Wright, Charlie Morton. And that number five slot is going to be interesting during this spring training. Because you're going to have Bryce Elder, you're going to have Ian Anderson, and of course Mike Soroka vying for that position. It's not a foregone conclusion, folks, that Soroka begins in the major leagues. He hasn't pitched in almost three years, and they're and if they feel like that he doesn't have it, they're not going to rush rush him out there 
on opening weekend and let him get obliterated and kill his confidence. They'll send him down the minors and they'll work him along. And if Bryce Elder, who looked phenomenal at the end of the year, if he's pitching the best, so be it. If Ian Anderson can regain his form, so be it. But they've got, they're in pretty good position when you've got seven really strong starters. And those are just the ones I mentioned, but those are, those are the seven guys that are at the front of the gate. I've always said that you have to expect to have 11 to 13 deep on your starting rotation in a major league season because you're going to get injuries. You're also going to have that one guy that who doesn't, who isn't worth a crap. You're going to go, what happened in the off season? And he's going to go, uh, well, glug, 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 or, you know, what, whatever he did. And there's, there's going to be that one guy that's just, you know, like last year with Ian Anderson, everyone was dumbfounded by this guy. He was the reason why the Atlanta Braves won the world series realistically in 2021. When Max Fried won game six, I wasn't even worried about it because I was like, dude, we got Ian Anderson game seven, and they're not beating Anderson. Now, Max Fried went, went out there and took care of it the night before, and everything's gravy, training biscuit wheels. But I, he, that's how good he was. He was the best pitcher on the team after the Charlie Morton injury. He wasn't even close. Max Fried was up and down. So he comes out that last year, and they fought and fought to try to keep him in the rotation and he just sucked BBs by the, by the end of the, of the season, he was sitting down in the minors and never worked his way back into the rotation. So he's another guy that th this spring training over any, over any recent ones for Atlanta is one of the most interesting ones that I can remember T because not only do you have the whole question of Soroka and Anderson and the rotation, but you're replacing Dansby Swanson at short. What's Vaughn Gersom going to look like or Arcia at shortstop? And then out in left field, it's it's a mosh posh of, oh, my gosh. Because you've got, you know, you've got, do you understand that after you had Kevin Pilar, so there's three guys, but he only signed a, like a $1 million deal. Do you understand that, that left field is getting paid about $25 million and Kevin Pilar is only $1 million of it? Cause you, cause they went and they locked down Rosario for three years. And what happens to him scratches corny in his eye. And when he does, when he comes back, he can't even hit his weight. And then Marcelo Zuna, you know, he, he has an easier, it's a better bet that Marcelo Zuna ends up in handcuffs one more time at the end of the season than ends up in the back in the all-star game. Well, what, uh, who's the closer now that, uh, cause Jansen was last season. Am I correct on that? Well, they won't name him, but it's essentially Rossiel Iglesias that was with the Reds. And, of course, he uh, came up from the Angels in the trade. So Anthopolis is saying he's leaving that, that up to sticker. But he was the closer in Cincy. He signed the big contract to go to the Angels, and then the Braves made the trade at the deadline to bring him in because they knew Kenley Jansen wanted closer type money and they weren't going to give it to him because right. they kind of seen the game. Look, I still think Kenley Jansen's a really good closer, but he will get your tums ready. I'm just telling you, Boston fans, get your tums ready. Is he doesn't believe in these clean innings anymore. If he oh. gets you a save with a two run lead, you best believe the winning or tying run is going to be standing 90 feet away with two outs. We are used to that. I mean, we haven't had a shutdown closer since Koji Uehara. I mean, even when we had Craig Kimbrell, he was, I mean, we were calling him cardiac Kimbrell. 
You know, he had to walk three people before he threw a strike. So we're kind of used to that. We hate it, but we're kind of used to it. You know, I really looking forward to seeing Jansen pitch all the time. I liked him when he was with the Braves and everything. I like that we signed him. I don't know how he's going to do against the AL East, but we'll find out. Um, that's, a tough, I, that's a tough position, though. I think it only helps Jansen that he's leaving the National League and he's going to get a bunch of guys facing him that I haven't seen him a whole lot. Probably Be true. Yeah. Because what what look, one of the things that kills Kenley Jansen in shutting down a game is he will give up soft line drives or or soft base hits from the cutter where you jam them and it's really a good pitch, but someone fists it off the end of their bat because they know what to expect from them and they and it bloops over the first baseman's head. Next thing you know, the tying runs on second. That's the kind of stuff that'll drive you crazy. And and it just it is what it is. He's not quite what Will Smith was. Will Smith was an absolute stroke waiting to happen. But Will Smith in a very small pocket for about six weeks was the best closer in baseball, and we rode it to a World Series championship. And then the next year he started doing Will Smith type things again. Um but as far as Iglesias. You know, if he doesn't work out, you still got AJ Mentor. I think they would just prefer to have it be Mentor to Iglesias, but I do see them kind of playing, playing the the or especially early on in the season. They're good, it's going to be a situational thing where do I bring Iglesias here in the eighth just because he's the I mean, excuse me, in the ninth just because the closer. Or do I go ahead and bring him here in the eighth because this is where he's facing all the righties and we'll bring Mentor in for the ninth because he's a lefty. So I'm not I'm not as concerned about the Braves bullpen. And I'm really not concerned about their pitching overall. I think it's one of the best, if not the best, in the National League. The what we're concerned with is where's the offense coming from in the bottom of the lineup? And are we going to get consistently good defense from shortstop? Because Arcia's pretty good shortstop. He played phenomenal second base in the absence of Ozzy Albies, but I, I'm a little worried about his range. And Grissom, he's just he's not really a shortstop that they're trying to turn into a shortstop. And so that's where we're at. And what's that? What's that? I said, what's that like? Yeah, I mean, you know, but the thing about Grissom is, I believe him. He's a very talented kid. And he's young enough, and he's been working out with Wash down there, uh, down there on the farm. And I think he'll play serviceable shortstop his first year, and he'll probably build and get better and better and better. Dansby Swanson was not a platinum glove shortstop when he first came up for Atlanta. He made a lot of mistakes, and all you could hear is the echoes of "Whoa, what have you had, Andrelton Simmons?" I'm like, well, yeah, you'd have a shortstop barely hitting his weight is what you have. And that dude's not even 200. Okay. So I'm okay with them taking a swing with Grissom. I think, I, I think the sky's the limit for him long-term, but this year, because we're so talented everywhere else, you just hope you can get something out of them. And if not, I really believe Arcia is going to be a huge, huge plus to have on that team. And well, they'll get the at-bats for RCA. He's got a pop in his, in his bat. I, I'm just not concerned about it. 
I mean, maybe the fact that they are so talented in all other areas takes a lot of pressure off of him, you know, so he can just go out there, play. If he can go out there, play his game, you know, if he gives you, you know, 275 average. You know, he's also, oh, I'd be ecstatic if he got 275, but he's also going to be batting ninth in all likelihood. So not only do you not expect a lot from your nine, number nine hitter, he's hitting right in front of Acuna. So he's going to see some fastballs. So that's not going to hurt things. Sure. I feel like on a right-handed day, we're going to get Rosario batting eighth to start off. And on a left-handed day, you'll probably have either the Pilar or Ozuna. It really depends. Ozuna is going to have to come in and be ready to rock in the, in the spring training. Because if he's not, he could get DFA'd. He could get traded for you know for a bag of potatoes. I mean, they're they've got options now on the roster. Where is, yeah, he'll hit twenty home runs, but at what cost? At how many at bats does it take for him to get there? And that's, I don't want another guy who's a defensive liability out there in left field, barely hitting over 200 his OPS is in the sixes and he gets you maybe 20 home runs. That's not good enough. Not for what you paid him. And I'd rather just cut bait and give me a Pilar, a guy who's trying to grind to get his way back to, you know, maybe a big contract next year and give me a chance. Give me a guy who's going to put the ball in play and not swing and miss or pop up. I can't tell you how many pop-ups you get with Ozuna's because he's got that round swing, and he pops it up, and all of a sudden, here we go, can of corn. Can of corn. Very Willie Mays Hayes. Oh, yeah. And the only problem is you can't have him drop a bunt because he's slow as molasses. So, (laughs) Um, Real quick on uh, on the Hall of Fame voting. So obviously Fred McGriff's already going in f- from the uh, legends ballot, but who who are you putting in this year's Hall of Fame? Because I think it's a pretty lackluster. If, if if you take out the steroid guys, it's a pretty lackluster. Okay, I have one person, and but I'll tell you, tell you the name, but let me defend it. Scott Rowland, always a huge fan. It, that guy was, I mean, if he didn't catch it, it couldn't be caught. And you said last show that, you know, his bookends wasn't very good, but in the middle, he was solid. Okay, fair enough. And everybody's saying, well, this year, since it's there's no real big names, you know, A-Rod and all those, Barry Bonds, all those have been taken off now, Schilling. That's like 700, 800 votes that can go toward. Yet, well, to be accurate, A-Rod is still on the ballot. Yeah, but nobody's going to vote for that guy. No. What what I'm saying is, I think it's Roland year if it's ever going to happen. However. Yeah, no, I, I do agree with that. However, if you're going to put him in this year, Shouldn't you be able to put him in next year? And I don't think with the class that's coming in next year that that would ever happen. Does that make sense? It seems like 
he just happens to be good timing that right. he's not gonna See, get I've never been a fan of well, I gotta vote for him because there's no one else to vote for, right? Right. I, I'm gonna give you some I names that I would put in over Scott Rowland. If they put Scott Rowland in, it's not as, as embarrassing as the Harold Harold Baines, but it's pretty close. Because his offensive numbers are lackluster at best. Now, he had a, a seven-year span that they like to call seven war that's pretty legit. But the problem is his overall numbers, to me, are not what I would consider impressive at all. And that's, and that's the problem that I have. I mean, he only had 316 home runs. His RBIs were okay, 1287. That's not, you know, anything to sneeze at. And obviously his defense speaks for itself. Right. And, but if you're going to put him in for that, you got to put Mark Helton in. You got, why is, why is Omar Vizquel gaining overshadowed? Right. Why that exactly right. Yeah. I think, I don't think Helton should be in really. And it's not a lot of people. Well, you know, you can't blame a guy for which team he played for. You know, you can't blame him because he spent his career in Colorado. And yes, he was freaking Barry Bonds in Colorado, but he he was himself outside of Colorado. It's not his fault that it's where he played his whole career with or whatever. I just don't think. Omar Vizquel had 11 gold gloves and he should have had four. Okay. Yeah. Omar Vizquel had... And, and and here's the kicker with him. He always got killed because he was playing in the American League, playing in shorts, playing shortstop in the American League during the A. Rod Derek Jeter era. Yep. So when you see only had three All Star games, it's it's because they couldn't carry nine shortstops into the All Star game. Right. Um. The the other thing with him is that every it's, it's a lost art. He led the American League in sacrifice hits. Four times and five overall. He led the American League in putouts. He led the American League. Here's the big one to me, fielding percentage. Eight times. And and his career fielding percentage at shortstop, his career is ranked number one overall. That's over Jeter. That's over A-Rod. I mean... That's yeah. over Ozzy Smith. I mean, this is yeah. the greatest defensive shortstop ever. And the, and he's not getting any love. I think he's expected to get around 25% of the vote. It's it's absurd. I guess he's going to have to go in on the uh, on the veterans committee because someone's eventually veterans committee. They're going to get to go, what is he not doing in there? Yeah. Um, but the but the other three guys that I would put in, we don't have a long time to. We, I'll talk more about it tomorrow. But Todd Helton gets in. I'm sorry, don't tell me about his splits. Guy had a 9.53 OPS. Do people understand how stupid that OPS is? It's ridiculous. Andrew Jones. Andrew Jones at one point for about an eight or nine year period is the greatest center field defensive center field to ever play the game. And then Jeff Kent. Jeff Kent gets hit because he was Barry Bonds' teammate. And, and hey, Jeff Kent's got an MVP under his belt. Okay. What's your opinion on Billy Wagner, though? I, man, I'm not, no. Because he didn't do anything in the postseason. He's phenomenal. 
Okay. You know, I don't have a problem with him being a team Hall of Fame guy, and there's nothing wrong with that. But Major League Baseball Hall of Fame, I don't. He, yes, his postseason ERA was atrocious. But you're going to take those. You could talk me into Billy Wagner in a different year. I wouldn't vote him in this year. You don't vote him in this year, but you would vote him in another year. With well, what I'm saying is that I'm not. I'm pretty restrictive. I don't like giving out more than four or five votes. And I told you my four guys. So I, well, I, me, I, I, to, yeah. to me, it's Vizquel, it's Kent, it's Helton, and it's Andrew Jones. I pick Vizquel above everybody else. I I like um, I like Wagner definitely. Um, and you know. As Closers said, to me have to be all time dominant. They can't be really good. And I feel like Billy Wagner was really good. Like, in other words, I'm not putting a lot of, I'm not putting a lot of closers into the hall of fame, just like I'm not putting a lot of field goal kickers in the hall of fame, but Adam Vinatieri walks in that, in that bad boy. First, first ballot. Sure thing. Yeah. So that's, that's, and maybe that's a flaw in the way I think, but because they are not asked to go out there and put five, six innings in a row every, every four, four to five days, I just, I have a hard time putting closers in unless they've been spectacular. Mariano. And I don't have a problem with Wagner eventually getting in, even if it's like veterans committee getting in like the way Lee Smith did. But to me, he's not one of the greatest of all time that I've ever seen. But he's top ten to top fifteen, and and that's nothing to sneeze at. So I feel like it's really just the way I view it. I'm not I'm not big on putting closers in. Well, no, a lot of guys are viewing it that way. They're saying if he had a postseason winning postseason record, he walks in. But just like just like give me, I don't want to put a punter in there in the Hall of Fame, in the Football Hall of Fame, in right. But Ray Stark and uh. And uh, Wilson absolutely go in. I'm sorry, Ron Stark and uh, Wilson go in. So there's just, to me, closers, they've got to be the elite of the elite. Yeah. And they have to, they they had to have gotten something in the big moment, and that's the problem. I don't think Hoffman should have been in. What did Hoffman ever do? What did Hoffman ever do? He he, he just gave up. yeah, Yeah, he did fine during the regular season. But guess what? When you yeah, the postseason, yeah. Trevor Hoffman was really good at throwing a changeup and getting it slammed over the fence. Hey, Trevor Hoffman belongs in the Hall of Fame. You can't there. You can't justify having the second most wins as a closer next to Mariano, who was basically God on the mound. Come on. The, but what did he win? He never won a championship, and he was well, horrible. Who did he play for, Dave? He was horrible in the playoffs. He played for the Padres and the Brewers. He, and- he was given opportunities, and he was horrible in the playoffs every single time. But That's my point. We've got to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into the uh, American League West and a few other things. Be back in a flash here on Braves Country HD. I, I hate to break up this talk, but... We'll be uh, right back. 
Here's good news. There's still a need for hundreds of thousands of cybersecurity professionals in the U.S. right now. And my computer career is training people to help meet the demand. No IT experience? No problem. Take the free career evaluation today. Start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Grants covering up to 53% of the cost are available to those who qualify. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. The NFL playoffs are back, and that means the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show is back. Join Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks Conference Championship Sunday and Super Bowl Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern to 3 p.m. Eastern, to get you ready for the biggest games of the year. The Armchair Quarterbacks will be talking the spreads, prop bets, over-unders, stupid underdogs, and the locks. That's the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show streaming right here. Braves Country HD and our radio affiliates. Are you looking for a reliable dental practice that not only cares about your teeth, but is friendly to work with? How about one that offers great deals and new patient promotions? Well, your search is over. Most Valuable Smiles in downtown Eatonton, Georgia is committed to giving you the biggest and brightest smile. Right now, get a $99 new patient special, including x-rays and exam. Maybe you're looking for veneers. Most Valuable Smiles veneer special includes one free veneer with every five purchased. Or get that bright white smile you've always wanted by taking advantage of an exclusive $100 off Zoom whitening treatment when you book today. And don't forget that 2022 is almost over. That means most insurance policies will reset by the new year, and to avoid losing that extra money, you need to use it or lose it. Book an appointment today with Most Valuable Smiles in downtown Eatonton to lock in these exclusive deals. Call 706-623-0318 or visit mostvaluablesmiles.com. Hey, Braves fans, the Armchair Quarterbacks YouTube channel are bringing you Braves baseball all season long. Hi, I'm Mac McGee, and I'll be bringing you Braves baseball play-by-play for the Braves fans out there for all of Braves country. So pull up an armchair and join us for Braves country baseball, first pitch to last pitch, Tuesday and Friday nights, right here on the Armchair Quarterbacks YouTube channel. We'll talk about that when you come in. I can't do that, sir. Well, look, John, we can't have you running around out there wasting friendly civilians. There are no friendly civilians. Man, keep pushing, sir. Well, you did some pushing on your own, John. They drew first blood, not me. Look, Johnny, let me come in and get you the hell out of there. They drew first blood. Welcome back to Braves Country. Mac McGinn, the armchair quarterbacks, weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Drive time on WQEE. Hall of Fame is going to be decided. Well, it's already been decided, essentially, but they're going to announce it tomorrow at 6 o'clock, and uh, we'll get more into that as, as it approaches. But, Jeeves, I, I figure since you're going to be here once a week with this, we got to start with, with the divisions, and I didn't want to start with the good divisions. <laughs> <laughs> well, you picked a winner, then, if that's what you were going for. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize. I think I put AL West in the in the uh, in the chat. It's actually the NL West. 
that we're doing today. And we're, we're basically, I'm going off of what, what the projected wins are. And I, I, I took this off, off of a stat cast from last night. So they're pretty well updated and whether we think they're going to reach them or not, we'll go ahead and start off with the Arizona diamondbacks. They are projected for 69 and a half wins. And I'm going to be honest with you. I think, I think that's a little low because they've been a feisty bunch and they've actually had a decent off season. I don't know if I have an opinion on it. I have the last thing I've done is follow Arizona diamondbacks, uh, deals over the little bit because I've been sitting here sulking about the Red Sox and I lived out there. You know, my opinion, I hate West coast baseball. It's as boring as well to me, but I, well, let me throw this at you. Here's what their projected starter rotation is going to be. Mad bum who's lost a step, but he's still solid. Merrill Kelly is one of those names that if, if you don't follow Diamondbacks, you probably don't know who he is, but he's been a great right-hander and is an innings eater. He's he's as good as they come for a, for a number three kind of guy. Zach Gallen, he has the ability to be phenomenal, but he's had some up years and down years in years past. But when I look at what they can do offensively this year, you got Carson Kelly, Christian Walker, you've got Cattell Marte. You they signed Evan Longoria in the offseason. I think they're a sneaky team that I look, the National League is loaded. They're probably not going to make the playoffs, but I think 69 and a half is pretty low. Uh we'll move on from that one because obviously <laughs> I got nothing. I'm sorry. I got nothing. You did zero homework on this. Um, (laughs) You said AL West. I I went with that. I did not um, spend a lot of time on the NL West in the last hour or two. Did I jot? Okay. Well, it is what it is. (laughs) I I thought I had told you NL West. I I apologize. Well, you did it first, and then you said AL West. So I switched over to that, and now it's NL West. Here's a whole. Uh, Well, you you know know what the problem is? They all look alike. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Um, well, since we're in the NL West, we, we, we'll just finish that one up. Yeah. Rockies seventy-one and a half. I don't, you know, I, I, the Rockies have to catch fire for me to to actually pay attention to them because when they play in that goofy ballpark, it's so hard to get consistent pitching. I was to me, I was just a little shocked that Arizona was was ranked below them. Because I think Arizona is actually going in the right direction. I did not understand that big contract that they gave to Chris Bryant. I thought it was strange last year. Chris Bryant, I believe it was around 180 million, and it was an eight or nine year deal. And I think Cubs fans would tell you that they would never even come close to giving Chris Bryant that. No. San Francisco to me is interesting. They're sitting at 86 and a half. And that sounds about right. You don't know if, if they're going to fall on their face like they did last year or blow it out the water. The 106 wins because uh, in a 2000, what was that? 2021. Because they, they build their entire roster with a lot of analytics. 
and they they like to do a lot of platoon and they like to, like to catch guys that are in the right part of their career they're they're almost like the new money ball right yeah but they swung and miss in free agency and now i wonder what the fallout's going to be cuz you've got san uh san diego and you've got the dodgers who are both projected san diego's being projected at 90 wins dodgers 103 I think that's a little low for San Diego. I think with the additions they've made, the money they've thrown at this team, 90 seems just a touch. No, I'm not saying astronomically low. I don't think they're going to go out there and set the record or anything, but I was thinking maybe 95, 96 wins. Um, they, they're not something, some team that the Dodgers come down and just sweep all the time anymore or anything like that. I think I think it's a little low for San Diego. I'll tell you one of the coolest things I have during the offseason that folks may not have been paying attention to, but uh in the in the bullpen of the San Francisco Giants, you're going to have twin brothers out there, Taylor and Tyler Rogers. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, lefty righty combo. That to me is pretty cool. But outside of that I just think San Francisco is going to have a hard time scoring. I'm with you with San Diego. The problem with San Diego is they kind of come with from a loser DNA. And you, I don't believe in San Diego unless I see them get rolling. They tend to San Diego to me in the last several years. Now I get that they punched their ticket against the Dodgers, but they got motivated. Right. But outside of that, man, I feel like that they play down to their competition. They should be better. You're right. They they've got the talent out there. They their talents there. Sure. The one thing that I'll say about the Dodgers 103 wins. 103 and a half is what it's over under. I get that they normally went about that. And I th- that is a bad division. But I feel like that the Dodgers are kind of flat coming into this year. They didn't have a big free agent signing for the first time in a long time. They'll still probably find a way to win the division, but I, if I'm out in Vegas, I'm betting the under on the 103 wins. Oh, yeah. I mean, they won 111 last year, but I don't see that this season. I I just don't. I mean, they'll probably win the division, uh, but I don't think by 103. No, because if you look at their team, you got an aging core. As far as the offense goes, as far as the pitching staff goes, I mean, they, they've they had a lot of injuries that I think a lot of folks haven't really paid attention to. But when you look at the pitching staff, that's the thing that I always look at when I look at, you know, how many wins you can get. They're, they're expecting a lot from Dustin May, who's still coming off an injury, and he is talented. I give him that. But Kershaw is bound to miss eight to 12 weeks from some back impingement. Noah Syndergaard. That's what we're relying on this year. Noah Syndergaard. That dude's bound to go out there and spit the bit. Tony Gonsolin stumbled down the stretch. It's and remember Walker Bueller is out with the Tommy Johnson. So you've got it's Julio Urias and a band of idiots. that are going to carry you all the way to 103 wins. I don't see it. I mean, Dave Roberts is known for getting the most out of his players. He's kind of like Alex Cora in that way. 
But again, I don't think 103 wins are in the cards this year. They may surprise me. Maybe the other teams kind of fall off or poop the bed in the late innings or something. What's your walk off? My walk off is two things today. One, I want to welcome our newest fan, uh, Josh the Mailman. Uh, he's a big Chicago fan. So I said I would say hello to him. Thanks for listening in. My biggest walk off is this crap with Jaden Rashada in the NIL. This is going to ruin college football. What happened to the Gators is only the beginning. We're gonna. It's going to ruin <laughs> recruitment and you, everything. Wrap it up. Fine. When they were stealing guys away, right? You were Absolutely, fine with that. But this is gonna How do you think you got Rashada in the first place? Because you promised him thirteen million. All right, we've got a run. We'll be back in a flash. Uh, Chicago Tones will be with us here in one moment, and we will be diving into the National Football League and a little bit of Major League Baseball. Keep it locked in here on the key. You're listening to WQEE ninety nine point one FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia. Armchair. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good afternoon, and this is your Armchair Quarterback's Sports Flash. National Football League takes a back seat as we wait for this Sunday, 3 p.m. kickoff, 49ers getting two and a half at the Eagles. And the late kick, 6.30, Bengals plus one at the Chiefs. Tonight on the hardwood in the NBA, your Atlanta Hawks at the Chicago Bulls, 8 o'clock Eastern on NBA TV. Hawks getting one on the road. Other games of interest around the association. Celtics at the Magic at 7 o'clock. Boston, 7.5 point favorite. Grizzlies, minus 1.5 at the Kings. That'll conclude the doubleheader on NBA TV. And the Bucks are at the Pistons. T-Wolves at the Rockets. Hornets at the Jazz, Spurs are at the Trailblazers. Men's college basketball, top 25 action, number nine Kansas at number 17 Baylor. That game is the second part of a doubleheader on ESPN. It follows Duke at Virginia Tech. Number 25 New Mexico is also in action at Nevada at nine on CBS Sports Network. And in the Big Ten, you got Wisconsin getting three on the road at Northwestern. And our A-plus pick of the day, South Carolina State minus seven at home versus Delaware State. The B-plus pick, college basketball teaser, Duke plus six and a half, and Oakland University getting eight on the road at Detroit Mercy. And that's your armchair quarterback sports flash. Stay tuned for Braves country right here on WQEE. FM, The Key, in Noonan, Georgia, simulcasting on YouTube.com at Braves Country. Y'all, I can't do it anymore. I always said that I would shoot y'all straight, and that's what I'm doing here. You know, I always said that if this became not fun, I wouldn't do it anymore, and and it's not fun. It's become more of a chore. It's a job. I've thought about it. i prayed over it. You know, sometimes in life, you have to reevaluate things and figure out what's most important between, you know, family and work and just everything in life. This ain't it. So as of tonight, I am no longer participating in fantasy football. I don't have time for it. And uh, maybe next year. Armchair. Dixie Handle Company, five generations of the Strickland family have produced quality hardwood farming garden tools, wooden shutters, and custom furniture. 
This small business has been owned and operated since 1992 and ships to customers across the world. If you're looking for the highest quality tool handles, Dixie Handle Company is your place. Every item is handpicked to your specifications. If it's made of wood, they do it. Call now, 931-722-3395. That's 931-722-3395. Or go online to DixieHandle.com. The Dixie Handle Company, welcome to Craftsmanship, a proud sponsor of Braves Country Baseball. Here's good. Here's good news. There's still a need for hundreds of thousands of cybersecurity professionals in the U.S. right now. And my computer career is training people to help meet the demand. No IT experience? No problem. Take the free career evaluation today. Start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Grants covering up to 53% of the cost are available to those who qualify. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. Enjoy sun-drenched days, epic stays, and plenty of room to roam in Greater Fort Lauderdale. Our hotels, attractions, and restaurants have taken the Visit Lauderdale's Safe and Clean Pledge so you can relax and explore with confidence. When you're ready for that well-deserved staycation, our 23 miles of golden beaches await. Find wide-open spaces to hike, bike, kayak, and paddleboard. Visit your favorite attractions, then dine out in style in dining rooms or al fresco on waterfront patios. Learn more at sunny.org. You know what your problem is? Your face. <laughs> yeah, right. Come on, wise up, man. You're too good looking. These girls go out with you and they get nervous, man. They feel dumpy. They don't want to compete. The best thing that can happen to you is an industrial accident. Welcome back. On this busy Monday in sports is racked into, well, the NFC, 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 AFC championship games are set. You're going to get a couple of really good matchups, assuming Mahomes is healthy. And I watched the replay today and was specifically looking at his movement. I just don't look. I know he's superhuman, so we'll see what happens. And I know he's going to try to give it a go. I do not doubt that at all. But what I question is his effectiveness that he will have in a game that you can't be playing at half step. And would would Kansas City be better off with a 100% Chad Henney as opposed to what looked like a 50% Patrick Mahomes? And I get that it was good enough to be Jacksonville, but man, Jacksonville, they're babes in the woods. They're a young team that's just learning how to play playoff football. And they'll be better for that loss. I mean, if you really look at it, Jacksonville probably should have won the game. You had the the turnover, the fumble by Askew that I mean by uh, Agnew that was just absolutely crippling when they had a chance to go in there and really put the Chiefs back against the wall there in the fourth quarter. And if you miss that play, he's basically carrying it like a loaf of bread and the ball popped out. So 
And of course, look, we know Trevor Lawrence made some mistakes. Trevor Lawrence didn't play a great game, but I thought he played pretty darn good considering the fact this is his first playoff run. And it was his first playoff game on the road. Doesn't get any tougher than Kansas City. So all in all, I, I think Jaguar fans are are happy. Giants fans are not happy. That was a flat out embarrassment. Everybody going into that game realized that the Giants were going to have to play a perfect game to win it. But they played the opposite of that. They got ran off the field. I will say that going forward on fourth and eight at midfield, when you're only down seven to nothing, that's not helping things. That's not helping things at all. You've got a quarterback in Daniel Jones who needs to have a puncher's chance. You're going to go forward on fourth and eight. Some buddies and I were texting back and forth while this is going on. So this isn't second guessing. I was saying it at the time. You're going to go forward on fourth and eight. And then when you don't get it, which chances are you don't get a fourth and eight in the National Football League. Especially when Daniel Jones is your quarterback. When you don't get that fourth and eight, then you give them the ball at midfield ready to roll again. And it puts the defense on their heels. If they would have pinned it deep, punted and pinned them deep, you never know how things play out. But you basically gave them free points, and then next thing you know, you got the ball back, and you are absolutely done. Because now you're playing from behind. You got a quarterback who needs to have the game flow on his side. And at that point, when it was 14 to nothing, I hadn't given up all hope, but I pretty much knew the game was over. So you had that, and then yesterday's game. Look, let's 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 call a spade a spade. Cincinnati dominated the game. Cincinnati looked like, looked like the best team in the National Football League this weekend. And yesterday's game, Dak Prescott once again makes mistakes. Everyone got a little excited because he'd beaten Tom Brady. This isn't this isn't not age thirty five Tom Brady. This is age age forty five Tom Brady. So they got excited about that, and they thought that Cowboys were invincible. I will say that the Cowboys played a pretty good game overall. But they had some questionable calls, and what did not help them, I felt like the moment that Tony Pollard went down, it was over. Not over, over. Not like they couldn't happen, but over as far as the momentum that was rolling on their side. All right, we're going to go ahead and bring in Tampa Tones to the program. Tones, how are you today, sir? Good. What a weekend of football we had. Pretty incredible besides the Giants game. And how about the Bengals coming out and slapping some tails? So while we wait here for a head coach to get hired, these football games continue to be good ones. Yeah, I I said it a second ago. I think Cincinnati looked like the best team in the NFL yesterday. I would give Philadelphia a secondary nod, but then again, they played probably the worst team that was that was left in the playoffs. So it's kind of hard to judge. Mm-hmm. the The game between the Jaguars and Chiefs, 
if if Agnew doesn't fumble that ball in the red zone, it was about to get really, really dicey with the quarterback in Patrick Mahomes, who was far from 100%. What say you? Yeah, I really like the Jaguars' chances right there. You could sense a momentum change incoming if the Jaguars were continuing to punch it in. the dri- It looked like they were going to punch it in that drive, and then all of a sudden Agnew had that blunder. And at first it looked like they might be able to jump on top of it. That wasn't quite the case. And then they kept trying to puke and rally a little bit. Could never quite do just that until it was too little too late. But kudos to them for trying to fight their tail off, although Mahomes was a little banged up. Jaguars, if Agnew doesn't fumble that football to me, are primed to try and send it into overtime or at least get the chance to. And I'm going to go back to that Saturday night game probably 20 times in the offseason. But you don't go for four, on fourth and eight at midfield. Hmm. You just don't do it. It's stupid. It's the first quarter. You're down 7 nothing. Punt the ball pin the Eagles deep, and maybe they make a mistake. I agree, especially, I mean, I know some people were hot on Daniel Jones' coattails, but it's not like the Giants have anyone to throw to in a fourth and eight scenario that gives you confidence to get the first down regardless. Well, I'll tell you something else that I feel with that is this. When you do that, you're also telling your team that we have to play perfect football because we're, we're down seven, nothing. And all of a sudden the game's on the line. Jeez. So, th- so that makes everybody tight, right? Correct. I don't go for it on fourth down and eight at midfield down seven, nothing in the playoffs. If I've got patch, a healthy Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, mm-hmm. like, what's the point? I've always said when it, when you go for it on fourth down, What's the reward? What's the risk? The reward there would have been to get a first down around midfield. So you're not even going to get into field goal range. And the risk is you turn the ball over and hand, hand them a short field down seven. And sure enough, they punched it in. Next thing you know, you're like, ugh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that game just reeked. And I mean, when a game one-ups that Cowboys-Bucks games in terms of how bad it was, that's saying something. And that game surely one-upped it. I said it the night of the game, and I'll say it again. Daniel Jones should be banned from primetime playoff football until further notice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you put a game on primetime, you need to make me know that this game is going to be competitive because you kind of build your evening around it, right? Correct. You're like, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out here. I'm gonna, you know, you know, get some, get something to eat, get something to drink. Let's watch the game. And before, before the steaks come off the grill, you're like, this game is over. It is over. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I was watching it. Me and my old man watched it together. I like to watch playoff football with him. But I went over there. And we actually, like, halfway through the game or three quarters of the way through the game, we still had it on the secondary TV, but our volume turned. We were watching some wrestling documentary of Ric Flair or something like that that caught our eyes. So that took control of the volume. Three that is funny. I was going to ask you about that. I caught it on – is it the one on Peacock? Correct. Yes, sir. Yeah. So I watched that. It's pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. You know – you know my thoughts on 
on wrestling it's it's trash and it's it's not worth my time but the documentary itself you don't have to be a, a wrestling fan to to enjoy it because you see all that went down in his life i mean look he's messed up in the head but i i, I don't think that that really shocks anybody um but it was definitely entertaining yeah, I never knew half the things that happened, him almost going down in a plane crash, him, you know, having the problem blurring real life and wrestling. Just a crazy good documentary. Now that we're in the off season before baseball comes up, for those of you that need something to watch, uh, you might have a good one there. Yeah, I mean, don't 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 set your evening around it. It's not that good. <laughs> no, correct. I'm saying though. Okay. You know- I liked it. It was like, eh, all right. I don't think I'd watch it again. I was like, all right. I was watching it this afternoon, getting getting ready for the show. I was like, Ric Flair. I was like, let me check this out. And see. I, I didn't even know how old it was until I got to watch it and saw that it came out a couple of months ago. I was like, I bet you Tones has seen this. So that's one of the reasons why I stuck through the end because I was like, well, I might bring this up to him, but I don't want him to say, what about that last part of it? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, there you go. It, it happened perfectly for a reason. Got to love that. The the games that are that are going to go down this coming weekend, you've got San Francisco, you've got them going out to Philly, and then you've got Cincinnati going to Kansas City with a hobbled Mahomes. I'm a little the one that shocks me the most is I'm surprised that Kansas City is still favored in that game. Are they just in denial about what we saw in that injury? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I don't know how – I thought Kansas City would open at least minus four or four and a half. I thought it would be similar to the bills Bengals spread, in my opinion. But they must be nervous for that. I, I don't know. I'm going to have to jump on the line sooner than later, I think. It's as good as the Bengals been. If Mahomes is cleared and he's able to play 80%, 90% of Mahomes, that's a hard home field advantage to curve. They are Owen. The chiefs are Owen three against Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Mm-hmm. And this is with the healthy Mahomes that they are. They do have their number. This is just like I talked about last week where I felt like that line did make, made no sense of the Bengals getting six points for whatever reason, Cincinnati gets absolutely no respect. Correct. And I don't understand it. They went to the Super Bowl last year. This isn't the Bengals from last year were, look, fair enough. Everyone was questioning them, and for good reason. What have they done in the last 30 years? This year, this is the same group that went last year. You can tell they got a chip on their shoulder, rightfully so. That game should have never been played in Buffalo. It should have been played in Cincinnati because I was going to make that caveat for Bill's versus chiefs then then they should have just should have done the same thing because had the Bengals won that game and they were leading and they looked like they were dominating that game much like they did yesterday yesterday's game would have been in cincinnati so they already got screwed on that deal they didn't really this thing here with this game coming up that game was going to be in kansas city regardless because kansas city would have still had to have lost lose to uh the raiders on on the, on that final Saturday, they pummeled them. Mm-hmm. But I just, I don't understand the lack of respect. I understand the lack of respect from 
for the 49ers because it's Brock Purdy, right? And you're going to get the Philadelphia money going in. I, I get why they're favored. I still think that game's a toss-up too, but I, I understand that. But I don't understand. I mean, I'm, I'm re-watching both games right now. I tend to do that on Mondays. I'll put one on one monitor, one on the other. The entire second half of that game, I mean, he was limpid. There were handoffs Mahomes was having a hard time accomplishing. Mm-hmm. And those high ankle sprains, let's be honest, they tend to get worse over a few days as opposed to better. Mm-hmm. All the blood flow stops, and you're, I mean, that thing has got to be brutal. And I know he's going to give it a go. He's going to say, shoot me full of Novocaine. That's fine. But if you can't feel your foot, guess what? <laughs> it's going to be a problem. Yeah, yeah. You know, just watching that game, too, made you feel a little for the first time. Is Mahomes okay? Is Mahomes okay? It was a little uneasy watching him out there. That's the thing. He wasn't okay. I agree. I question whether or not he should have even been in the game. Yeah, because they won a playoff game with Chad Honey in years past. I get why he fought to be in it. And I don't think that that necessarily is going to make it any worse, so I get it. And in theory, you would think he'll be better this Sunday because, oh, well, eight days of rest and it'll be fun. No, that's not, he's not going to be out there to practice. Like this whole thing, that line reeks to me. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've already jumped on the uh, Bengals on a pick them. To pick them this morning, you could either get plus one at a minus 115 or you could get a pick them at a minus 105. So I, I just took the pick them. That game would probably look really nice at about a six or seven point teaser right about now if you're a Bengals believer as well. Or I guess regardless of what team you believe yeah, I in. Yeah, I took both of them on a teaser. I took the two road teams on teasers because I do think they're going to be I, – I think Cincinnati's going to win, and I think uh, – I believe San Francisco, if they lose, it's going to be a close one. They're not getting blown out like the Giants did. Did you do a six teaser or seven yeah. teaser? Yeah, because if if you grab it right now, per se. Now, when I grabbed it, I want to say the line was actually one and a half Cincy, and it was two and a half San Fran. So I got Cincy at plus seven and a half and uh, eight and a half on um, San Fran. Because... I just wholeheartedly believe that we're going to get a Cincinnati win. And on top of that, if San Francisco doesn't win, they're going to put a scare into Philadelphia. I felt like these lines were a little screwed. I I get it. They're the home team. Kansas City deserves all the respect that they get. But when you see what, what Mahomes did, and that Cincinnati defense, that Cincinnati defense can put the put the lockdown on the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen, what can they do to Chad Henney? Mm-hmm. Or peg leg back there trying to play quarterback. Yeah, you know, I don't care if it's Superman out there. If the, you're on one leg against a team like Cincinnati, you're not going to be that effective. Well, that's the difference. He turns from Superman to Long John Silver, and you're, he's <laughs> he's hobbling around, spinning around. I'm like, what in the world is going on here? 
I was disappointed in Jacksonville not taking advantage of it, but they're young and inexperienced and is what it is. This is a different animal, and you know since he's going to go put the pressure on. I did not understand all game long. I was screaming at the TV, why is Jacksonville not blitzing? Right? Correct. Why is not blitzing? You've got a guy who cannot move blitz and make him throw off the off one foot. He was fluttering him in the air. Cincinnati will take advantage of that. And I actually had a prop bet on Walker to get over half a sack of that game before Mahomes' injury. I thought they were going to bring the pressure. But even post-injury, they just never did that. They never brought that pressure. That would have changed the game that much. I'm re-watching a play right now with seven minutes left in the third, and Cincinnati did a quarterback snake, a snake at the line. And they used an up back to, to sneak in, and Mahomes stood back there in the shotgun. So as everyone pushed forward, Mahomes looked at a place there. He was like hobbling back and forth, making sure no one made contact with him. It those high ankle sprains usually, usually, bare minimum four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. The the only Mahomes that leg injury would hobble more is his brother from making TikTok videos. Yeah, he's uh, you know. And by the way, the the plan I'm referring to is is the one that didn't work. They tried to snap it up to the uh, backup tight end. I forget the guy's name, but anyways, he, he got stopped at the line. But you see Mahomes in the background. He's hobbling around trying to stay out of the way. Mm-hmm. There's no way this is still a young man's game, no matter what Brady tried to tell you, right? This is still a young man's game, and it's a healthy man's game. When you're hobbling around out there, I think he's better off letting Chad Henney take the take the, the, the helm See if they can somehow piece together a win, and then he could probably be much better come Super Bowl. Correct. I couldn't agree more with you. Is let's say they find a way to win. Is he going to go in and beat Philly or San Fran on that leg? Come on. Those defenses are nasty. I mean, Bengals is good too, but Philly and San Fran defenses are even up another notch. And playing in the National Football League on that leg on Sunday is going to set back his healing. Correct. So he's going to get pounded. Someone's going to slam into his leg, whatever. And they're not going to go, oh, sorry, man. Yeah. No, they're going to grind, take it and grind it. There'll be someone down there twisting his foot. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to hit up some more football. I want to get Tones' take also. Hall of Fame voting tomorrow. Is there anyone he would put in? We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country HD, wherever you stream, and 99.1 FM, the key. I'm not audible. I'm audible. I'll use Omaha! Omaha! Red Polly! Red Polly! Blue Poncho! Blue Poncho! Do it, do it! Rambo! Rambo! Give me curse out here! Curse You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks. Japan! Richmond, New York! Richmond, Florida! Sally, Buffalo! Check! Beware, my friend, and let me warn you that they're going to take it up on California. Let's keep the Dodgers in Brooklyn. Our house is not a home without some love. Don't let them leave our premises. L.A. will be their nemesis. But Brooklyn fits the Dodgers like a glove. Visit Shane Company for meaningful holiday gifts. Our in-house design team creates unique styles of fine jewelry in every price range. 
exquisite symbols crafted with superior standards and made to last a lifetime. We have a variety of diamond infinity designs to symbolize your everlasting love. We're also known for our natural and vibrant rubies, which represent enduring passion. Or select a stylish necklace with the stone in her favorite color or her birthstone, so you'll always be close to her heart. Our jewelry consultants in the store and online will help you find something beautiful to put under the tree. Your gift will be a symbol of your love that will be treasured forever. Now you have a friend in the jewelry business, Shane Company and Shaneco.com. Hey folks, this is Mark White with the Mark White Show, and you can tune in to the Mark White Show every Saturday from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. right here on Rock 99 WQEE The Key, the home of Southern Sports and Talk. You're listening. Give us a call. WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key in Noonan, Georgia, home of Braves Country with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern, right here on The Key and YouTube.com at Braves Country. Want to chime in? Give us a call, 678-960-9700. Welcome back. Chiefs and the Bengals. One more time. It's turning into a nice little rivalry there. And then you've got a rivalry that I think could be one for quite some time there. Brock Purdy versus Jalen Hurts. You saw that coming. Got a funny story here, Tones. And this is unbelievable. This is this has happened the last few days. So my wife just recently uh, signed up for the sports betting book, mm-hmm. and the uh, there's a sign up bonus and all that kind of stuff. And I gave it to her to to uh, you know to join, and she's been having some fun with it. And I'm starting to get these questions at night of well, what's this and what's that, and what does that mean. <laughs> And I'll answer them, and I'll say why. Because well, because I just won sixty dollars on it. I, I didn't know what it was. <laughs> this is turning. Into, I mean, this is unbelievable. This is this is better than the jockey doing his thing. I'm talking about like she last night. She didn't know what she was doing. She wasn't sure why she did it, but she went in and saw one of the one of the props. Uh huh. And it was a random playoff. Pro- I mean, excuse me, an NBA prop. She couldn't tell you five players' names in the NBA. <laughs> she can't stand basketball. She hates it when I watch it. She'll watch football, especially with the Jaguars. She'll watch baseball. She loves the Braves. She can't stand basketball. Hey, that's what yeah. makes betting great, though, because, you know, sometimes you get those newcomers that come along, stroll right along, and, I mean, your wife might be the next swami. <laughs> Let's so- take it. Obviously, all, all this good luck eventually runs out, but she asked me, she said, who is Chris Paul, and is it hard to get an assist? And I said, what, what, why are you asking me this? And I had just had the game on secondary channel a little bit before that. And she said, well, they're playing 
um, Memphis tonight, Suns, and I took him to take get 10 assists or more and get the win. I think she put five bucks on it to win like 45, something. Like, it was somewhere in that neighborhood. It was a plus 900. I know that. I go and I pull up the stats. It's at, at the end of the third quarter. He's got nine assists. They're up by 20. <laughs> this is the first time this has happened. I said, well, let's want, well, why don't you do something smart here? I explained to her what hedging the bet was. I said, take another five bucks, throw it on Memphis. At that point, because they were down by 28 in the fourth quarter, they were plus 900. Mm. I said, so you put that and you, and you win 40 or 45, right? Mm-hmm. Five to win 45. I said, any way you look at it, you spent $10 and you're going to win around 40 bucks. About five, 10 minutes later, she goes, he's got 11 assists. She's yelling to me from the other room. She's checking. She hasn't watched a single dribble. She's just checking her phone. I said, there you go. She goes, so it doesn't matter who wins. I said, nope, you can close out the app. You're going to win about the same amount of money. <laughs> oh, I love that. Just to finish that story, uh, the Suns did win, but I told her, I said, it's a good thing you did what you did. They only won by two. They yeah. got outscored. 38 to 25 in the fourth quarter. Mm. Mm. So that's a little, little one on one Oh one about hedging your bets, especially when you have a parlay. Correct. You always want to make sure if that much money's at stake, you get a nice little hedge in there. I'm not sure who, but I think big money, but it's, it's, it's the odds that she had. Like if you, right, right. If you weren't going to bring much back, there's really no point of doing it because then you're really not making much headway and you're never going to win that way. That's what I mean. Big, big odds. I'm sorry. Right. She, she did it on another random game. I'm trying to think of what it was. She asked me about a college basketball game. I don't remember who it was. Two of them on Saturday. She That's said, easy. where are those scores at? And I pulled up the app and I said, why, why are we checking the college basketball scores of these random games? She said, well, because I put some money on it. Oh, she goes, oh, look, both of them won. She And they were both like big underdogs, and she both hit them, and they, and they, uh, anyway, she, I think, I think she put a, a total of like 10 bucks in, in the one around 60 or 70. She, you, we need to have her on and have her own. So this is the, this is honest. And I kept asking her, I said, where are you getting these picks from? Someone's got to be telling you. She goes, no, I honestly don't know what I'm doing. I'm just, I just thought it was neat that I was going to get that much money back. <laughs> like, if you've got an inside person, tell us, let us know what's going on here. Right. You share the wealth and you're just sitting there like all these years and she's having this much success. Yeah, exactly. You well, love that. Though. You're doing it, but let me know how you're getting there. Yeah. It's like, God bless you. Boy, but come boy. on. We all know what's going to happen. It's it all, it all goes mixed. It all goes full circle. Speaking of that, the the big play today, where is it at? South Carolina State. This is our four-star pick, as he's calling it. South Carolina State giving up seven at home against Delaware State. (laughs) The two teams have combined for four wins this year and 33 losses. 
But he says this is a four-star pick, so I'm riding with South Carolina State. I'll I'll lock it in, too. I'll I'll ride with the four stars. Let's do it. I don't know, man. (laughs) He lost a couple this weekend, and a couple people jumped all over him. But I'm like, you know what? Eh. You, you've had a pretty good track record. You're bound to start getting hit, get hitting uh, hits again. Yeah. I actually did some research. And I like one a lot tonight. It's a, it's a, uh, uh, a teaser that I shared earlier today and it's Duke. It's gone down to two. I, I got it at two and a half at the time. Duke is getting two and a half on the road with uh, Virginia tech. And I'm taking Duke plus eight and a half on the teaser. I'm, I'm sorry, six and a half. It's a four-point teaser. Six and a half on the teaser. And Oakland getting a total of eight at Detroit Mercy. I like that. And without me getting into the weeds on why I took Oakland and Detroit Mercy, I looked at their common opponents, and Oakland hung with them. And I'm like, man, if I can get points. And the more and more that I've watched these non existing basketball teams because of the crazy bets. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no home court advantage. Like no one shows up for a Monday night game at Detroit mercy. No, same, same will go for Penn or Hartford. Tonight. Some of these a lot of state game that we're looking at here. Although I think they're actually the home team, but they're going to have to scrap in some fans from wherever. I sent it to a buddy of mine. He said, here we go again. Picking me going all in on a team I've never heard of that has three wins and 16 losses or whatever the record is. I was like, man, let's go. Let's fire up the cannons. Let's go, baby. Hey, when you're betting, uh, I guess records get thrown out the window technically. I did. I did put the sign up bonus, by the way, if anyone wants to play along you just uh copy and paste that and they will give you a uh a sign up bonus uh that one's at bavada which i'm a member of a couple of these and i actually like that one a lot because they let you do some things that some of your other um casinos won't let you do mm-hmm. things like payouts and uh odds and uh certain ways that they do it's you know, it's kind of hard to explain unless you put them head uh side by side but um Anyways, I figured I'd share the wealth and give people to sign up bonus regularly out here. Um, all right. Speaking of this weekend and the and the betting lines in the National Football League, I find it interesting that both overs are suspiciously high. Because if you look at Bengals Chiefs, the oh, it's, it's already dropped a point and a half. Wow, it was forty eight and a half earlier today. Mm. I think I think when I recorded the sports flash, it dropped down to forty seven and a half. It, it, so it's down to a full full point and a half. Eagles Niners is kind of set where it's at at forty five and a half. I don't think Bengals Chiefs is going to get to forty seven because I think the Chiefs are going to end up with either a a hobbled Mahomes or Chad Henney, they'll be lucky to squeeze out, we'll say 14. And if Kansas City can win that, excuse me, if Cincinnati can win that game 24 to 14, 27 to 14, whatever it is, whatever it takes. 
they'll be happy to drain the clock with uh mixing and uh purine mm-hmm. and I, we've had a mixed bag th- this year in the playoffs so far i think every game in the first round no under hit then every game this past round it was like pulling teeth trying to get it over so it's been one of those roller coaster of emotions so far in terms of over under but I do now, agree with something you. else. The the forecast for Sunday night in Kansas City supposed to be about eight degrees. Ooh. <laughs> Those hands are gonna need a lot of warming. I'm just putting it out there. If you end up with I guarantee you that over is gonna be closer to forty five than it is forty eight. By the time we hit Sunday, and it'll probably be below forty-five because people will start jumping on that once they realize that. I've I've already banged the under on it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look into that. I just put your teaser in for tonight, so let's go. I might as well put the under in as well. The uh, basketball teaser, or, or are you talking about the? I put the Duke Oakland teaser, and I did a seven. I did a sweetheart seven point teaser though, so I got Oakland at eleven and Duke at nine. I mean, it pays out less, but hey, that could be the difference. You never know. Exactly. And and then I did another mini one. I added Hartford in. I did a three-way teaser at plus seven, and I threw in Hartford as well. So we'll see. Well, when you look at those teasers and, and they line up, um, I think if I was going to swing it away with the, with the, with the NFL games, I would go – take the under in the Kansas city game and mm-hmm. take over in the Niners Eagles game. What would that bump it to the over in the Niners Eagles with the teaser? So if you did that teaser, you would get, let me get back to that page one second. So if you did the teaser on the 40, on the 45 and a half and the 47, you would be, if it's a six point teaser, you would be taking it to 53, the under on 53 Bengals chiefs and the over in Eagles Niners would be 39 and a half. Wow. I like that. I like, I like that, that a lot. I did the, uh, I did a, a parlay of in the second half of the parlay yesterday was the Buffalo Cincinnati game. I took the under and I had taken the over on the, on the, no, I'm sorry. Under on the Jacksonville, uh, Kansas city game. Mm-hmm. So it had already cleared. Now it was a teaser, but I was watching this the whole time. And as I'm watching this, I'm, I keep looking at it and going, all right, all right. I don't know about this. And as we hit halftime, I kept looking at the at the live score. What I kept seeing was if there would have been a, a, a chance of start seeing some life in that Buffalo offense, I was going to jump on the the live line and hedge my bet, right? Because I'd already won half the bet. And I wanted to make sure that I cleared, cleared something on that. But th- I never saw any life out of the Buffalo offense, so I left it alone. But I was really close to grabbing the over in the second half number. But when you just saw the the Buffalo offense just sputtering, I was like, "I'm good." Yeah, that off. Some just 
is off there. And I mean, I know they've been winning games, but they haven't been really winning him how you thought the Bills would. And that offense really hasn't looked as dominant since Thanksgiving against Detroit, where they barely squeaked by. They've get, been getting wins, but some's been up there. So that was a good call on your part to put that in. And, and once again, when you start getting the, if they say Mahomes is out or Mahomes is questionable or is a game time decision, that over is going to make us nosedive in mm-hmm. that game. Absolutely. Yeah. When, when they break any sort of Mahomes news, it's going to go one way or another. But I, I, I think you're right. You might as well get it now because when they say that, it's going to nosedive. Well, well, here's my theory behind the whole thing. Even if he plays, I don't think he's going to be a hundred percent. If he's not a hundred percent, they're not going to be having running all over the field. So no matter how you look at it, the over is too high. Correct. And if he doesn't play Chad Henney in there, they're going to have a very conservative offense. The over is too high. Unless you think the chiefs are going to score 60 points. The over is too high. I agree with that. So yeah, I'm, I'm pulling this up right now to do like a fictitious um, over-under in this game. And if you did, if you did it and you put the teaser on it, I think I would seriously consider doing um, just because of the most, the most likely scenario. If you were gonna do your sweetheart, if you if you if you felt a little wonky about it, mm-hmm. you'd almost have to buy it to eight points. Because if you bought it to eight points, you're you're getting the okay. Because the one I'm concerned about is the San Fran Philly. Okay, right. so I'm worried about bringing that down. Not so much worried about bringing the Cincinnati Kansas City one up. They've played each other so much; they're gonna know each other so well. It's probably the points are probably gonna be hard to come by, anyways. Correct. Let's say if some miraculous Mr. Miyagi goes up and grabs freaking Mahomes' leg and slaps his hands together, wham, puts him out there. They're they're, they're probably going to know each other so well that points are going to be at a premium, anyways. Mm-hmm. You got that right. So I um, eight to me because then then you get the over at, at thirty six and uh, excuse me thirty seven and a half. Yeah, that's a lot better of a number. It's twenty one seventeen. You still you you still clear it. That I like that number a lot more. That one point makes a big difference sometimes. It really does. I mean, it also makes a big difference in your wallet too, because you don't get as bit, as good of a of a of a of a comeback. But and I the the pushback that some some of the sharps will tell you is well, they like the number fifty six. Because that's eight touchdowns, but in the National Football League in the playoffs, how often do we only get eight touchdowns scored? Mm. There's going to be field goals involved. I'm Absolutely. Sorry. Absolutely, Brian Cook's all fired up in our YouTube chat. He's going who day, who day Super Bowl. He's going off. I would be shocked. I I, I said this this morning to, to to someone. I would be shocked if Cincinnati. No, it was actually no. It was like second quarter of of the game yesterday. Buffalo. I told him right then. I would be shocked if Cincinnati is not in the Super Bowl this year. They look poised. They would have to choke it away to not beat Kansas City. I'm sorry that they're with no Mahomes or a battered Mahomes. You are talking about playing with with 
he is this is the this is the equivalent of Michael Jordan going out there with a broken foot trying to play in the NBA finals. It it, it evens the score. And I still think I would I'm telling you Henny Henny didn't look that bad out there. I would I know I know he's going to give it a go, but Henny will get all the all the snaps this week in practice, so at least he'll be ready. Let's take a really quick break. When we come back, we'll be ready to wrap this up and make our uh, locks of the day. Keep it locked in here on WQEE and 99.1 FM, Braves Country HD, wherever you stream. He only has three rings. Hockey season, and that means new merch over at ourdragonsmerch.com. Get the latest designs and some of our fun new souvenirs ahead of what's sure to be a great hockey season. Celebrate another season of River Dragons hockey by getting a new look to wear on game days or surprise the big-time sports fan in your life with a new keepsake that will make them a River Dragons fan for life. Order online right now at ourdragonsmerch.com. That's the letter R, dragonsmerch.com. We'll see you at the rink. Hey, sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Le'Veon Bell, he put out a single for people to listen to on Twitter of a rap album that he's really proud of. He asked... For people to critique it. Keenan Allen, the receiver of the Chargers, came back with the trash emoji. (laughs) (laughs) Appreciate your honesty. And what's even better, I can't do it justice because we're on radio. You've got to see the video. (laughs) The video that he put up. Oh, my God. It's like the most funny and exciting thing I have ever seen because it's like really bad late 80s, early 90s rap video. But anyways, the video is the best part of the whole thing. He's got a hoodie on. It's it's staged almost like black and white. He's like under a bridge somewhere where there's like a bonfire going. Hard times. So so like yeah. Hard times. Yeah. You know, hard times for a guy making relate. millions. He yeah. can relate. But the funniest part is when he's got the hoodie on, he's doing poses and stuff like that and kind of jiving around. And then out of <laughs> this is the funniest part. Out of nowhere, he, <laughs> sorry, I can't get it out. He comes up from under the screen. So in other words, like. Like, like, like his, from the Muppets or something? Almost like the, <laughs> almost like the Muppets. <laughs> when you he, see just the, the figure just come straight up. Yes, yes the gig coming straight up while he's also in the background. Uh-huh. It's like the worst thing put together. Uh-huh. I don't know how to edit a video. We could do better than this. I'm telling you. Who's the director, Palsy? <laughs> Armchair. It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. <laughs> I wish I knew more about professional tennis. I've been watching a lot of the 
the open. Most of it, obviously, you don't get to see live because it comes on so later when I get to Australia. I've gotten more into tennis over the last few years. Every it's funny, my wife was asking me, she goes, "What'd you start watching so much tennis?" I said, "Don't you remember during the pandemic they shut everything down? That was like the first thing that came back was tennis." There were, I remember there were some random. I wouldn't even call them tournaments, but there were random matches being played on the tennis channel at the time in someone's backyard, essentially. <laughs> and they were allowed to play it because they were social distancing, right? And I remember being glued to it because I, I was that starved for sports. I just, that was one of the most depressing, to heck with everything else we went through with the pandemic. Not having live sports for several weeks was the most depressing thing ever. <laughs> If I remember talking NASCAR at that time. We were so bored. I was watching championship reruns of every dang game imaginable of uh, World Series, Super Bowls. It was crazy. And don't get me wrong. I actually enjoy NASCAR, and I'll watch the Daytona 500, but I lose interest every year because they've never understood don't put the games on. I mean, don't, don't put the races on at certain times. Mm-hmm. So you lose interest, you lose even more interest when football season kicks off and away we go. If they would put NASCAR on consistently on like a Friday night and that, and that was the night to, to watch it or, or let's pick a random night Wednesday night where nothing's on, I'd be all in, but I understand why they don't do it because it, because they're trying to bring f- fans to the track and they want to travel, et cetera, et cetera. But you're, you're never going to grow your sport because when you go head to head with football on Sundays, you're always going to lose. Correct. And they put the, and then they go head to head with college football from time to time. They'll, they'll do a Saturday night game. And I'm sorry, but I just lose interest. So because of that, after the Daytona 500, the interest starts to wane. And by the time baseball season's here, I'm like, why am I keeping up with this? It's, yeah, what, what am I doing here? Yeah, I went to the Indy 500 last year. Don't get me wrong. It's a good time. It's fun. But even going to that, there's other events I'd rather go to, right? It's a great sport when you need to. go to Indy cars, go to NASCAR event. They're they're different animals. Trust me. Correct. Trust me. Now, that's one thing I'll say. So the most fun you'll ever have in your life is going to a NASCAR race. Hey, I'll go. I I can't wait. I'm going to go soon. Mark my words. I've seen your pictures when you're taking pictures at your at your Buccaneer Fest and everything like that. You'd fit right in with uh, NASCAR Nation, trust me. Hell yeah. That, you would enjoy it. And, um, you know, NASCAR, I, I know they're coming. They have something interesting coming to Chicago. They're actually racing in the sh- city of Chicago. They're setting up like a track in the actual city itself. I got to read more into it, but it looks interesting. Well, I know they're trying to expand. I really think they screw up by doing that. Because what they really should be doing is embracing where they are. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got, it's it's embedded into the South. And I'm not saying don't have tracks elsewhere, but they were taking tracks away or races away from tracks. They shouldn't have been taking them away from. We had a beautiful uh, raceway in Joliet, Illinois, called Chicago Motor Speedway, nowhere near Chicago. And now it's been abandoned for years. And now they're going to have a race in Chicago. It's like, come on. They, uh, 
I think NASCAR made that mistake years ago. They tried to expand because they were trying to expand their, their, uh, their viewership base. And they never understood that what you really have to do, especially when you have a niche sport like that, you need to embrace who your fans are and cater to them and not try to water it down to try to include everybody. Cause you're never going to get the guy who would prefer to watch football, baseball, and basketball over anything else. You're never going to get him to leave to watch hockey, to watch NASCAR, to watch whatever random sport you'll get one or two. And that's great, but you're, but you're not, there's no point of driving off your hardcore fan base, you know, but stick uh, with what's got you there. By the way, all these different teams, Red Sox did it. Braves did it this weekend. Did the Cubs have any kind of fan fest this weekend that you know of? Theirs was actually last weekend. So yes, the weekend before this weekend. Any news come out of there that worthy of sharing? Uh, the Wrigley Field's getting a casino added on top of it. So that's interesting. Yep, it should be open this year at nice. some point in time. Now I got a reason to go to Wrigley. <laughs> yep, you, you could have a beer in one hand, a casino chip in the other, and you're watching Cubs Braves baseball. That sounds pretty nice. Something tells me I wouldn't even care who the Cubs were playing because I – We'd be sixth or seventh inning in. I'd be like, oh, yeah, there's a baseball game. I forgot about that. <laughs> that's what I, whenever I'm sitting in the rooftops, that's how I feel sometimes. Are you not paying attention, man? Cub, Cubs Marlins are going in extra innings. <laughs> Whatever, dude. <laughs> I'm writing uh, red 18. Let's go. Come on. Don't fail. Let it roll. Let it roll. What What is your lock of the day? My lock of the day, I'm turning it into uh, the field of college basketball I'll stick with, and I threw him into my teaser. I like Hartford at home tonight. They're getting 16 points against Penn. I believe that's the first college tip-off of the day. Uh, let me get my time right here. Oh, well, they're all late tips. Yeah, that's a 7 Eastern tip. Hartford getting 16 at home against Penn. Hartford getting 16 at home against Penn. All right. And, of course, I already gave mine. Mine is Oakland University uh, getting eight on a traditional four-point teaser and the the Duke Blue Devils getting six and a half. I don't – we don't do the – you know, just for so folks, know, if you want to buy it up and get more points, that's fair. But we always stick to the, to, to the traditional four and – six point teasers for basketball football because we're not gonna we're not gonna tell you to get terrible odds and that's a lock you know um like uh you know well it's a bad example this week because the football games are are, are highly competitive but in, in in other words so someone asked that recently <clears throat> They they messaged because I don't know why you just didn't take Kansas City to win. Because like, there's minus five twenty five on the money line. You're never gonna win doing that. No. You, you, what do you get? I mean, you could win a couple mini ones, but the minute you lose one, you're already down a lot yeah, of money. Exactly. What have you really gained? And then yeah, exactly, the risk isn't worth the reward. Real quick, what is your walk off, sir? I know we didn't talk about it much, but I hope that at least a handful of these four gentlemen get into the Hall of Fame. Andrew Jones, Billy Wagner, Jimmy Rollins, and Scott Rowland. I like Andrew Jones. The rest, uh, I'll, I'll get more into it tomorrow, but uh, they are not on my list. I got um, mine. It's uh, Andrew Helton and Kent. 
And oh, I'm so tired of arguing for Omar Vizquel that I'm blue in the face. I'm waiting for him to hit the Legends Committee. We got to run. Sports Map Radio is on the way. First name sports. Remember, start your day off tomorrow. Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Rod Peterson Show, noon to 2. And Sports Beat, 2 to 3. We'll be back here for Braves Country tomorrow, 3 to 5, rocking and rolling on 99.1 FM. We'll see you. Manana. Great job, Tones and T, if you're still listening. Goodbye, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. We're back tomorrow with another show. Well, unless we're fired, we'll talk to you then. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks on 99.1 FM WQEE, The Key in Noonan, Georgia, and simulcasting on youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Braves Country comes your way weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Please follow, like, and subscribe today. Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for Southern sports. Something of the 5th of September. Something of the 5th of September. She said a lot that I can't remember. Something of the 5th. Can I get another cigarette, please? Can I get another cigarette, please? Yeah, I know I live to regret it. Just give me another cigarette, please. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key in Noonan, Georgia. The NFL playoffs are back, and that means the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show is back. Join Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks, Conference Championship Sunday and Super Bowl Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern to 3 p.m. Eastern to get you ready for the biggest games of the year. The Armchair Quarterbacks will be talking the spreads, prop bets, over-unders, stupid underdogs, and the locks. That's the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show streaming right here on Braves Country HD and our radio affiliates.